to break orbit and go into a new one, a new exploration, we've got to do some mind-changing, some differences in the way we approach things. This is mind-changing leadership in the rocket science for leaders. And again, you know, we call this rocket science because people will say, well, it's not rocket science. It's simple. It turns out leadership is complicated, much more than most doctors, nurses, physical therapists, and other leaders have recognized. That's why we call this rocket science for leaders. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. The big challenge in front of leaders in hospitals across America and in hospices and in nursing homes and any healthcare facility, the challenge is how do you build the kind of culture you want that will nurture excellence? No one says, I want to go to an average hospital. No staff member says, I want to go work for the most average hospital I can think of. And yet people, leaders, have an enormous tolerance for average performance. We want to build excellence. A lot of them will say, I can't do that. My staff just isn't good enough. Leaders begin by taking responsibility. Today, we're going to talk about some practical learning methods. And I'm going to give you a three-step approach that is the way we impact learning at a practical level. First, we take the lesson. We take it in. Then we got to try it. And then we teach it. Take it, try it, teach it. Take an idea like our rounding idea. The rounding idea is you go up in the floors, you ask first-line caregivers, how do you give loving care? So you take that idea, you try it out on the floors. Now the teach it part is surprising because we remember 90% of what we teach. How much do we remember of what we hear? 10%. 10%? Golly, I hope you remember more than 10% of what I'm saying to you, but I've got to face some reality. Unless you take the ideas that I'm offering, try them, and then teach them to others showing that you understand them, there won't be any learning. There will be no behavior change. Take it, try it, teach it. And as you do that, the culture will begin to move. And as that becomes stronger, you will find yourself and the organization in a new orbit of excellence. Here's a set of ideas that circle around one basic sun. It's changing models. We've got to change our models to unleash positive energy. That's our goal. We want to unleash the best energy, the best in others. Think of what the best is for you. And I'm imagining you at this moment as you hear this learning and begin to figure out how the heck do you apply it in your own life. Now, I say your own life because these lessons we're teaching, these ideas we're communicating, are things you can use throughout your life, not just in your work setting. And if you try them out throughout your life, they'll be easier to use in your work setting. The first one is this notion of love. Now, we need to reorient ourselves about what love means here. Love is not simply what some people call that touchy-feely stuff. It's not just being kind and sweet. So loving here means tough competence, tough-minded, tender-hearted. A while back in, in history, people began to learn, parents began to learn the idea of tough love. Well, every love should be tough because love that is only kind and sweet isn't love. We know that in order for us to be effective practicing love, we need to look to the example of Jesus. Jesus was very tough-minded. 
as well as obviously compassionate and tender-hearted. There was nothing weak or touchy-feely about Jesus' approach. And so when I hear people use that language, oh, love, that's that touchy-feely stuff, I say to them, do you know the example of Jesus? I say, yes. Is it touchy-feely? Oh, oh, well, okay. And they seem to get it, but now we go into the everyday practice. So here's some of our new models, models we need to change. Love is tough-minded, tender-hearted. Love engages and hires people with a servant's heart. Now, a servant's heart, someone with a servant's heart, I think you know what that means. I never have to define that one. Someone with a servant's heart is someone who's compassionate, but they also display competence. Servant's heart means the right balance of compassion and competence. You want to bring about changes in your organization, in your team, you hire for a servant's heart of competence and compassion, and your team will get better and better. And as you hire these people, nurture them, encourage them, support them. And one way you support them is by moving out those that are getting in their way, the weeds that are blocking growth. Your responsibility as a leader is to evaluate competence and compassion. If you find weakness on either side of that balance, you take the individual who's having competence issues and you work with them on that. You take the individual who's having compassion issues and you work on that with them. And we'll show you some ways to accomplish that. And the goal is you give those individuals three to six months to move into a balance that's strong enough so that you would trust them caring for your mother. Now, this doesn't mean we're limiting this test just to first-line caregivers. It's everybody because that's the next model. In the old model, there's the boss. That's the old model of a leader. In the new model, the leader is a caregiver. Everyone is a caregiver. So we want to see that servant's heart in every single person in the organization. It takes a while to hire effectively, to promote for a servant's heart, to move the organization in a way that it's populated with people who are on board this new ship. There you are. Imagine this. You're captaining a ship. It's at the dock. On board are the people you're going to take on this journey. The boat begins to leave the dock. Oh, here's some people still standing waiting to see, should I get on board or not? Some may choose to stay behind, and the decision needs to be made to leave them behind. But then there's that, that odd group in the middle. They got one foot on the boat and one foot on the dock. The boat's starting to move. They got to make a decision. Am I going to get on board, or am I going to go back on the dock? In the New Healing Hospital, in hospitals where the culture of radical loving care is dominant, we've got to have everybody on board. We need a ship sailed by competent and compassionate people with a servant's heart. In the old model, work is a job. In the new model, we want work to be a calling. Because when it's a calling, people bring out their best and they bring out the energy we're seeking to deliver healing as well as curative care. So we're using those models of different ways to define work and leader and our whole way of thinking because changing models, changing cultures to unleash positive energy requires new mindsets. We tell ourselves stories. We say to ourselves, well, the boss this and the boss that, and I got this job to go to, and it's Monday. These are mindsets, and we need to break out of these to get to a new orbit where leadership and performance is more successful and where jobs are actually fun because we love doing them. We feel the purpose. Now, this does not mean we're all skipping around, you know, acting happy, oh my gosh, you know, because hospitals are flooded with sadness, 
with grief and with pain. And by the way, that's one of the reasons we want leaders to be able to cultivate a chance to use a sense of humor, as opposed to telling everyone no jokes. We want to have a chance for people to engage humor appropriately to relieve tension, to build teamwork. So this is a team of partners. This is not a bunch of worker bees, employees. So let's talk through these models one more time. We've been calling people employees in some organizations. They may call them associates. We like either team members or partners. When you think of first-line staff people as first-line staff equal partners, then you can work with them as people we trust, whose ideas we want to know as people we respect. Whenever we refer to them as the lower-level employees or the lower-paid people, we're unconsciously, although unintentionally, we're unconsciously demeaning them. The patients want to see those so-called lower-level employees. That's who they want taking care of them. They don't want any executives coming in there. So this is important, and this is part of the mindset that creates cultures of loving care. We integrate our learning into this, and it's this learning that's really tricky. It's tricky because we all think we know about loving care, and then we face into an example, like the one we use in our teaching, of the process in which a nurse responds to a call light and she's late, and this caregiver, you know, what does she say? In order to solve these problems, we want to use the same method. And we'll talk about that method in the next podcast. I will tell you the headline for it. The headline for it is Solving Problems by Walking in the Other Person's Shoes. Problems are solved most effectively when we ask ourselves with respect to a need, what would be most effective with the individual in front of them? Not what do I want, but what would work best with the particular person in front of me or group of people. So that's the way we begin to break our orbit. We start with new mindsets. Our work is not just a job. It's a calling. Our fellow employees are partners, they're team members, they're people we trust. Our approach to love is to see it as competence and compassion, as tough-minded as well as tender-hearted. So competence and compassion, these two words are part of our mantra in the New Healing Hospital and Radical Loving Care because we want to be sure that people understand that compassion and competence are of roughly equal importance and need to be adapted by caregivers and leaders to achieve the results we seek. Hire for a servant's heart. And when you hire for a servant's heart, that means you're hiring for a person who's not only compassionate but also competent. There is nothing strong or positive about someone with a servant's heart who's making mistakes all the time. So we want to hire for competence and compassion because there's nothing effective or loving about being competent but ignoring the feelings of the human being in front of you. Competence and compassion, the rocket fuel that helps launch new cultures to peak performance in our new healing hospitals. This has been Rocket Science for Leaders, and I'm Erie Chapman, urging and encouraging all of you to live love, not fear. These leadership podcasts are sponsored by the Erie Chapman Foundation. Please visit our website. It's eriechapmanfoundation.net. When you go to the site, you'll find information there and a chance to contribute. Please do if you can. Help support Radical Loving Care.